Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the T Podcast by Developing Lafayette. My name is Ben Powers. I'm your host. And what we like to do with this podcast is we like to invite different business owners, different community influencers in Lafayette Parish that really highlight Lafayette Parish and what we're all about. Anything from new business, new construction, new renovation, or anything in between that really helps Lafayette shine for those outside of our community. Today I have a special guest. Uh, Her name is Sarah Duguay. She is a country music artist, uh, local country music artist, and she's uh, doing a lot of big things with her career, so I thought it would be nice to bring her on and just chat a little bit about what it is she does and where her music career is going and yeah, and if you have any questions, please feel free to put those in the comments and we will do our best to answer any questions if we have them. Um, so, Sarah, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Indeed, I'm excited for you to be here too. And your tea's uh, good? Well, I did not brew it myself. I wish I <laughs> did, but thank you. <laughs> um, so, tell me a little bit about you and kind of how you got started in music. Okay. So I was born and raised in Sulphur, Louisiana. I met my husband and raised my children in Lafayette. Um, I've been playing um, for a long time. I've been writing. I wrote my first song when I was eight, so I've been at it about 20 years now. 20 years? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't stop. you're 28. Um, in April, I'll be okay. 28. On my birthday, which I'm playing Jazz Fest on my birthday, so I'm really excited. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and we'll talk about that maybe in a minute, but yeah, so I started writing and I feel like it was more of a gift that was given to me because I remember distinctly I was getting ready in the bathroom for school that morning and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I just almost like throwing up, had to go throw up this song and wrote it down really fast and it was called I Need and it was like some kind of drug. I couldn't do it. I couldn't stop writing. So I just wrote and wrote and wrote and when I was 14 and got my first guitar like Merle got my first guitar when I was 14. (laughs) Um, and I started playing, and I played um, mostly my songs, but I covered old school stuff. I love really traditional country music, and I mean really traditional. So I love things that have a bluegrass influence and uh, steel guitar. And, oh, yeah. Uh, but I'm also, I write pretty much anything. So I write not only for myself. I write for other artists as well, um, or hoping to write for other artists, I guess I should say. So I did that. I, so 8 eight to 14 I wrote, and then 14 I started really writing hard with a guitar, um, and I started playing casinos and um, family events and whenever, and I did like house parties and stuff like that. And so I'm a wildlife biologist as well. I don't know if you know what? that. Well, hold up. <laughs> hold up. You're a wildlife biologist. I am. That's what I went to school for. MacNeese. Okay. So you, you, you have a degree in it and everything. Correct. Yeah. I knew that I had offers in high school to hit the road. Um, and I've had offers to do things um, through college and in the high school, and I, I didn't want to because I knew, I always knew that this is what I was made for. I mean, since I was a little kid, you know, every everything you feel like, you know, at school, it's like, who's your biggest hero? Allison Krauss. What are you going to be when you grow up? Country music singer, songwriter. What's your ba- greatest goal? CMA vocalist of the hmm. year. Like, that's going to happen. That's me. Always going to be. And, um, but I also have an academic side, and I, I love wildlife biology, love it, love it. I was published as a biologist, as an undergrad, um, in a peer-reviewed article, so I'm, I'm proud of that, and I just love to write, and I ended up 
working. Um, so my first gig for that was I worked for this place called the Marsh Club. And during the day, I did marsh prep and stuff for the duck hunting. In the afternoon, I'd take the clients' wives out to the shooting range, and we'd shoot guns. And then I would get dressed nice and sell hunting and fishing license to out-of-towners. And then after they ate, I would play for them. So I, it was like my whole, everything about me getting done in one 12-hour day. That was fun. That's was insane. Yeah, it was a wildlife biologist. Yeah. Okay. And then I worked for Texas, and I ended up being like the female, the face of women of offshore fishing for Houston Chronicle and Texas Saltwater Fishing. So like basically, they have these outdoor writers that write all the time. And they're photographers as well, because you have to be whenever right. you post an article. And so they can't have just the same generic white dude with a beard do you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, so basically i was the one that they used we went off we went fishing and did a photo shoot and stuff so that was cool and i, I wrote a few articles for texas salt too so it's funny it's funny you say it. so a wildlife <laughs> biologist typically is a white dude with a beard <laughs> does he have That's khaki not car- what I mean. so does he have khaki cargo shorts i was too? just making like a joke off of you <laughs> oh, okay. I wasn't okay. like being mine. Gotcha, gotcha. Thanks for trying to peg me there, though. No, it's funny. You know, it's 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 stereotypical, but it's it's somewhat true. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so that happened, and when I graduated, um, I just actually got into LSU f- uh, for my master's, for and I met my husband, and I had started playing music big, big time, and I said, you know what, I'm going to pull out because those buildings are always going to be there but right. my music opportunities are right now so I, I took off a little bit then I got married and I wanted to stay home with my baby so I did that and I've been at it full time um, I've been doing this for 20 years I never stopped my craft you know writing songs and playing in front of people I never stopped that but I did take a little break in the business side so it's been a year now full time full throttle in the business so a full year of country music yeah business. straight up wow. yeah, yeah hustling um Goodness. So how many kids do you have? Um, well, I lost my first. So I really have three. Okay. But I've got two here. I have a two-year-old little girl named Catherine and a four-year-old little boy named Caius. And so are they musically inclined? Oh, yeah. Caius is um, messing around with the guitar, but he's really, his favorite thing is to drum. He loves the cajon, and he's got like a little drum set at home. He plays it. Yeah, he sings, too. And he's got this stupid high pitch. Like, it sounds like a whistle. He just sings these... I didn't teach him that. He just does it, yeah. yeah. And Catherine's a little bit wide open, so she hasn't slowed down enough, but she'll sing in church and stuff. Okay. She can't really talk well yet, but she's, yeah, she's, everything she can, she sings and oh. does her thing. My kid, he, uh, he's, I think he's musically inclined at some degree. He, he can hold a guitar, he plays it uh, left-handed. I think it's left-handed, right? Correct. Yeah. Left-right, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um... He he sings Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Bless him. He he likes singing his ABCs. But yeah, he's uh he's got a, I think he's got a little bit of music talent in there. It I don't play the guitar, so I don't yeah. my dad plays the guitar. So he they, he goes to his grandparents all the time. Shit. So I'm guessing he gets it from there. Yeah, he naturally knows how to hold it. He's yeah, he knows how to hold it. Yeah. Um but it's interesting to see him hold it and he knows like he props his little leg up and all that good stuff. So awesome. it's interesting. But um, I don't know what his I don't know what his academic career will be. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be a, a wildlife biologist <laughs> or uh, if he follows in my footsteps, which would be a crazy ride. But um, <laughs> art and science kind of the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we yeah. don't really put it together in school, but truly, it is. Yeah, art and science is very very related. Yeah. In a weird way. Um, but yeah, so 
tell me a little bit more about um, like some of the things you do. Like uh, obviously you go to Nashville. I do I go a to good Nashville. bit. Try to go every month. So basically, what happened um, in the past year is that in January of last year, I sat down and said. Lord, I need a manager because I don't know which way I'm going, which way is up, or which way is down. The music business, you know, a lot of people see it as, oh, this cute little girl gets up on stage with her guitar. It is so much work, so much legwork behind it. And so I did that. I was kind of searching out for some help, some direction as to which way to go. And I've, I've been in and out of the business, but not full throttle like this. And so uh, I was searching for that, and I ended up uh, meeting a few people in that area, but I guess my career really started to take off April 27th last year. I released my first record, which I wrote in high school. Um, I was fortunate some of George Jones's band members were on it, so it was kind of cool. It has this really classic country twang to it, and I produced it myself, and I was relentless in the studio as a rookie <laughs> to get it done the way I wanted. I knew, I mean, I'd sat on it for 10, 12 years. Right. Um, but I, I released it with no marketing, no team, no label, um, and it ended up, I got plugged. I don't know who did it, but I love them. Somebody plugged me to Chris Smith of Country Music People in England, which is the biggest magazine, country magazine in Europe. And he wrote a killer review about my album. I got a three and a half stars out of five, um, which is great. He is notoriously harsh. And I was up there with like Brothers Osborne and a couple of big time labels, label people there. So it was cool from that whispering Bob Harris um, heard it, who is the biggest, one of the biggest DJs in England. Um, he's a CMA member here. Okay. Um, He's responsible for a lot of big rock stars getting on the radio. He's in his 70s now, but now he's slowed down. He's doing country Americana stuff. Right. But he played my record. Um, he's played it like six or seven times now over there, and it's like 15 million listeners, so it's pretty cool. So that landed me in uh, um, a sold-out show in October. But I have a lot else to thank for that, too. Yeah. So I did this. I, did, I mean, I did my homework. I, I worked on this album, and... Did everything that I could, learned everything I could before, but um, right after I released that album was the Solo Songwriting Festival in Lafayette, and that's where it gave me an incredible platform to meet so many people, and from there, um, like heroes that I've written with, and I got put in the songwriting realm with Jim Lauderdale and Travis Meadows and Caleb Elliott, who's also from Lafayette, um, and Jim said, I love you, I want to see you again, when are we going to write together? Uh, the Buddy Holly Educational Foundation, who was part of Solo, they have, um, they do other songwriting events in England, so they shipped me over there. They shipped you? Yeah. So I got to go. Um, so it was really incredible timing because I landed in England the week that the magazine came out with my review in it. So it was like such a warm welcome there. Yeah. Not, nothing planned. That was just divine. Um, and then in Spain, I've gotten all kind of interest in Spain, like, I don't know, like probably once a month, I'm like the artist of the the week or whatever at a different radio station. I don't know why. I didn't do any of this. It just kind of happened. So, so I, I didn't even know Europe was even a big country. They do. And let me tell you, you know how we love the BBC, right? We love to hear British voices. <laughs> right. American. Uh, Britons, Brits are the same. When we land there, I mean, they love the American West. They love the freedom that America portrays. Okay. And so that type of outlaw country thing, which is kind of what I do. Outlaw country, okay. Not trying to, it's just kind of what comes out. Um, they love that. And they let, I walk around in my boots and my big belt and stuff, and they just eat it up. So I think, um, you know what Whispering Bob says is that he said, Sarah, you only make it if it's something different, if it's something authentic. 
And so I think that's what they like about it. And that's what they like about country music. The country artists that do well there are really authentic to their, what they mean, you know, to their lifestyle, in their words. Yeah, so Bob says, what does he describe me? I love the quote that he said. Uh, you are the epitome of three songs, three chords and the truth, which is like the definition of country music. Okay. So it's like okay. the coolest thing ever. But yeah, they do love country music. In Spain, too, the other artists that they put me with are a lot of people that I love. So in my opinion, they have good taste. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously they have good taste. But it's just so weird that to think Europe is a country music fan base. It's like I, I think of whenever I think of Europe, and this is probably just me being from America, that I, I like Spain, for example, I hear, I hear like this Spanish music, like, you know, different types of instruments, horns, and, you know, uh, I think France would have the, uh, God, I'm, I'm going to butcher it, the... Uh, accordion? Accordion, yes. I was going <laughs> to say like the organ. real accordion. Yeah, yeah the, the uh, accordion, ones. and like, but it sounds like country music has a place over there and oh, I didn't even sure. know that oh yeah like yeah. I thought country music uh, in general just to broad stroke it was a southeast United States kind of thing no it's so worldly it's so worldly I mean Casey Musgraves just did the biggest world tour ever right for a country artist but Dolly Parton has toured all over the world as well well Dolly Parton Dolly Parton I mean yeah but it's country music yeah, yeah. They, no, they really do love it. And let me tell you something about my English fans. When I played a show, okay, I got to play at um, the Historic Bush Hall, which is a dream. They listen so intently to your lyrics. It's beautiful. It's like playing the Bluebird at in Nashville. Like, I got emails afterwards of people quoting my lyrics of songs that I'd never released yet. Okay. So they were really listening. Well, so how do, they, how do they hear it? Just radio? Yeah, no, I hadn't released it. So I played new release songs during my concert. Okay. Oh, and they okay. Re- remembered gotcha. the lyrics gotcha. your concert. enough to leave the venue, <laughs> go home, and write an email to me about how that song touched them. And and like, there are so many bloggers. They're so passionate about putting out real music and real truth, and it, it's just beautiful. And, and something else that's big, bigger there, I think, or becoming bigger, is Americana movement. Uh, which is big in the U.S., uh, but we don't have that many radio stations supporting Americana music. Do you know what Americana music is? Not, not... Right, everybody yeah. says, not really. Everyone, I, like, I think people in Americana are like, I don't know what Americana... Like, is, that, is it like folk? It is, so it's everything. To me, it's anything that has roots. Okay. Um, folk would be in there. My type of country, sometimes it's called Americana. Okay. Um, some blues artists are kind of Americana. It, it's folk... To me, it's it's roots. That's what I would say. It's roots. It's the type of people who make music not according to a platform provided to... Not according to a guideline provided by record labels pitching to mainstream right. radio. Right, So some people would say it's the real music, but I don't... Agree. It's not It's not mainstream produced music? or Sometimes it is. I mean, like Steve Earle is Americana. He's okay. mainstream. Um, there's a lot of artists who kind of cross over. But I guess when I say mainstream, like... It's not. Uh, it's not pop. Yeah, it's not pop. Not it's pop. not. It's not driven by what's popular. Correct. It's obviously it's mainstream in, in its own category, but yeah. And, and I don't. I don't know that I like completely fit into Americana, but I. Where, like do, you, where do you think you fit? Like, where's your Where's your block slide into? Well, I don't have a block. 
Okay. So I think that I naturally, I mean, you hear the way I talk. Yeah. I mean, Jeannie Pruitt, do you know who Jeannie Pruitt is? I don't think so. Okay, well, she's in her 80s now, but okay. she wrote the song called, or she sang the song. I think she did write it. No, she didn't. She sang the song called Satin Sheets, like 1973. It was like the biggest number one. And I, I cover her song all the time, and I post it on Instagram, and she found me on Instagram and said, like, I really love the way you do this. You just made my... I was Wait, is that so... Yeah, like, the Jeannie Pruitt. It was the coolest thing, but I seem to attract that... Um, I feel like... This is so cocky. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of like one of those people who is like a walking tabernacle for, like, what people call real country music. I, I seem to attract that, but I can't help it. That's just the sound that naturally comes out. But I also love bluegrass. So I love everything. You know, country music came from bluegrass. Bill Monroe is the father of everything. The Ryman was actually, which is the mother church of country music, was actually a church. Okay. So the gospel, bluegrassy country is yeah. kind of my forte, I guess. And bluegrass, that's... <sighs> but, and you have to be careful, right? Because some people are like, it's like Cajun, right? If you put it... Um, if you. Some people will say, like, oh, that's not Cajun. That's Zydeco music. Right. So in bluegrass, people are the same. They're like, that's not bluegrass. That's country. So it's like so a So it's blend. bluegrass based out of Kentucky. Kentucky bluegrass. Or is that actual grass? I actually don't know that. I think, is Kenny Klesman listening in? He might know the answer to that. Uh, I have a few people. Nobody's left any comments yet. <laughs> so maybe we haven't said anything wrong yet. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I think I'm, I'm kind of just, I call myself country. Okay. I allow people to put me in other situations. I played Americana Fest in Nashville this year. I welcome anything, I guess. Any platform that'll take me. Right, right. Obviously, um, as long as it works for you. Yeah, but I'm a little different, Ben. Like, so Americana people, I feel like, and I, I don't know enough about the, the genre, is that they're, they're really against writing anything for popular purposes. Okay. I'm not like that. And some people love me for that, and some people hate me for that. In the sense of as a songwriter, when I go into a co-write, I study what it ta- what the number ones were last year. Okay, so <coughs> in pop music, it's a seven-second intro. You need to have your hook answered by the 50-second mark. You know, I do those things. Okay. Now, I don't allow it to tell me what I'm going to write about. Never. I'm not that kind of person. But if you want somebody to hear it, yeah, put it in the structure. Uh, it's got to tickle the ears Correct. Uh, a little bit, you know. So... It's funny you say you look at um, other music and kind of figure out, like the, the, I guess, the format. Yeah, well, Ralph M- Murphy does that for me. So Ralph Murphy is a man who started, he was a part of the ASCAP, which is a PRO company. Okay. Um, so he, every year, he sits down in December and analyzes every number one across the board in every genre around the world. And he'll, like, put out the statistics, like, all right, country music this year, the number one song sat at the number one position for four weeks. Um, 25% of the time it was a woman, 75% of the time it was a man. The intro, um, statistically is 14 seconds long. There's a downbeat, there's a click track. These are number ones for last year. Now, some people say that's chasing the dog's tail. And if you allow that to start your writing, I would agree. But if I'm in a co-write and I've got, and we're writing this song naturally, then like, yes, I can record it the way we just wrote it. Or I can make a demo. Oh, I see that name's on the board that they're writing, why don't we cut the demo to that, to suit that person, you know? So right. Sometimes I'm that way. And I may be learning in the sense of, some people really hate that. Um, it's all about being authentic. Yeah. I kind of fit in, I see it as being authentic, especially something that I'm going to express, but like if I'm going to record it. But at the same time, I think, trying to make money as well, you know? Right, right. 
So what I was going to mention is, um, uh, I don't. It was like a year ago or two, where there was like certain country songs that were popular, and somebody took those popular country songs. Oh yeah, and they did a mashup, mash-up and it was the same. And thing. it was almost the exact same sound, beat, yeah, chords. It was so weird, but all of them were hits. It was like that was like this thing that people were doing, and I think. Uh, one of them was like a Florida Georgia Line song, and uh, who knows what the others were. But I know Florida Georgia Line uh, a couple of years back was like that was the that was the band that you would listen to if you liked listen to country. Uh, you would roll your windows down, and that's what you would play because they had the whole you know. Uh, yeah. Prison, they're, yeah, they're what I would call a lifestyle country music artist right. in the sense that they sing about what they're doing in their life, <coughs> like. Drinking beer and hanging out. But they have deeper songs as well. Oh, a proud moment. Louisiana Boy wrote their number one song this year. Uh, CJ Solar. Up Down. So that's cool. Wow. And what's their number one song? Up Down. Oh, it's, it's called Up Down. Yeah. Florida gotcha. Georgia Line featuring Morgan Wallen. That's kind of cool. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. It is that way. And, and then the, I, I love to produce music as well. So what I do more of, and I'm revealing my secrets. Y'all need to put some money in on this one here. But what I do more of is like... If I know that, um, okay, so like resting heartbeat rate 10 years ago is not the same average for Americans now. It's going up because we drink coffee oh, all the time. Okay. okay. So I know that resting heartbeat, if when do they play number one songs? When do you hear that on the radio? In the morning on your drive. Right. Okay. okay so I know that if I want to hit a number one song, what I need to do is picture a mom driving her kids to school and think about what is she going to, what is she going to hear? So it's the beat of her resting heartbeat because you're riding, you hear everything in the car, right? And so, and I know that. So what I think aggravates people about country music right now is that it's a click track. So, I, but what I try to do is when I produce something, or I guess I can call myself a producer. It's a little, but um, is that I know that these beats go there, but I try to incorporate the instrument that it actually needs for the song. I feel like that's what's irritating to like true country fans. They're, they're like, I'm so tired of hearing the same click track and the same downbeat and the same <laughs> kick drum. So um, I just try to write like that whenever we produce. Anyway, yeah. So, so when you say a click track, okay, what is the definition of a click track? Um, where like literally it sounds like that's the whole song is this that's the percussion and then they build up to a boom okay boom. okay okay so a click track is like um i can't think of the songs that are but next time you hit like the country set list especially if it's a dude singing it it's everything's click track right now i don't know God, but i love okay. i love percussion so i love to put in all kind of different things right, all kind right. of different sounds um, no i love uh i love anything percussion too i love drums i love I love like analyzing a song and like really thinking past the point of the vocals, thinking past the point of like surface level uh, instruments that you hear. Right. And if you focus in on the deeper parts of the songs, it's like it sometimes it gets a little weird because you hear like different parts, different notes, and different sounds. Yeah, where they put that. It's funny that you say that because not a lot of people do that. And, you know, used to we would, when we would produce songs for the mainstream radio, they, they could breathe in the sense of you could hear exactly what you're talking about. You could still hear those notes in the background. It, it's not so... 
what they mean by when they say a song can still breathe is that there's not so much hitting you at the same time. There's not like, uh, it's so produced, overproduced, that it's a bunch of sound at once. Whereas what you're talking about is there's room for you to listen to. Oh, there, that's a note right there. Yeah. Oh, the, there was a guitar riff in the background. It's not so much that you don't even know yeah. it's coming at you. It's overstimulating. But it's funny that you do that because I'm the same way. Like, I know... So, like, my body, naturally, not everybody's does this, but, like, if a song is 120 beats per minute, you can guarantee, like, I'm going to boom to it. Right, right. It, no matter what genre. It's so funny that, like, so I know, like, my audience, because if they like me, they're probably on the same frequency as mm-hmm. I am. So, like, I'll write 120s, because that's what gets me to... Well, yeah, I mean, that's, and that's fun stuff. I mean, that's, I mean, you have to have, like, your your songs that are more down-tempo, so yeah, that yeah. you have that, that feeling, but... Um, you know, yeah, I, I get the whole 120 beat because that, that's, that's kind of, is that an average? Is that normally what most songs would be set at? Uh, I guess. Some, I feel like it's going up and up and up and up. Because um, one of my favorite bands as a kid was Blink-182. And I think the drummer, if I'm not mistaken, could uh, drum 180-something beats a minute. And he was known for, like, being able to, like, do that and he his name's uh travis uh god what's his last name travis uh travis something (laughs) anyway he was like my favorite drummer for a while some people think he's overrated um but he did a bunch of different like mashups with people and you know mixing different types of music with his drums and and he's just banging it out but you say 120 beats and made me think of yeah 180 that's awesome yeah (laughs) um There was something that you had said that I wanted to touch on, but of course, we we, we got, got interrupted. In. I'm so sorry. No, no, it's not. It's nothing. I think whenever you did the click, that's when the phone call came yeah. through. I was like, "Whoa!" She clicked. Like I my, summoned that. Yeah, yeah. you clicked sorry. my uh, feet off. Uh, <laughs> so, and I think uh, your uh, PA just uh, wowed the uh, the video, and I think we have two comments actually. Oh, well, hey guys. I'm trying to. How can I see the comments? I think it's a good time for a plug in that. Um, yeah, go ahead. You know, um, Solo is doing. I talked about Solo. That is coming back to Lafayette this year again. So if you're a songwriter interested in songwriting, you should definitely sign up for that. I think they're accepting applications now. Solo is the South Louisiana Songwriting Festival, um, and then I think it's May 21st through the 26th. But coming up next week, I have a concert uh, February 8th, and it's my kickoff tour of what I am doing. So. I have been playing, you know, I got to play in England. I had a sold-out show in London. Um, I've played in Texas. I've played in Nashville. So I have not done, like, a full set here at home. Um, I did one as I did a house concert fundraiser a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And did really well with that, and it was amazing. And since then, um, I've had time to really think and pray and do what he's telling me to do. And I'm excited for this this tour. It's going to be, it's not just a concert. It's a whole, it's an experience. So I have a, a lot of details planned out, so... So, and that was the concert you were going to talk about yeah. next Friday, and what is it called again? So, it's next Friday, February 8th, from 7 to 9, 409 West St. Mary Street. It's in a chapel, a decommissioned Catholic chapel. It's gorgeous. Um, and that chapel is on the Affiliated Blind and Deaf of Louisiana grounds. It's right across the street from Old Time Grocery. Okay. Yeah, but I'll have uh, Miss Kimball and will be there. She's a visual artist, and she's done a lot of showcasing here in Nashville. She's a beautiful art. Uh, she's got some showcasing in Baton Rouge as well. Um, I love her story, and I love her pictures. So 
she's going to be there. Um, my friends with God Made Self Driven are going to be there. It's a Catholic ministry here in Lafayette. Um, actually, his last um, big retreat, the diocese used that as their confirmation retreat, so he's doing a lot of work there. Um, Mr. James Suak, who is part of the deaf community, he's going to be there as well. Um, he has some beautiful photography pictures that he does. Um, he And he does like a graphic design with it. It's gorgeous. So okay. he's... We plan on having him there. Rev Coffee is going to be there oh, as course. well. Yeah. And, and that's your favorite coffee, that is right? That's my favorite. According yeah. to your uh, That's your my post. favorite coffee. No, I have a problem with you Rev. Have a like, problem. I'm there every day. Yeah. I take all of my business meetings to Rev, and it's well, non-negotiable. That's good. I'm pretty sure they appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, um. yeah. I really like them. So, um, And then Maison de Fleurs. They're, everybody's going home with the flowers. So Maison de Fleurs is going to be there. They're out in Baton Rouge. So wow. Yeah. And that's on West St. Mary. West St. Mary, yeah. Across from Old Time Grocery? Yeah. Yeah. I think I know I think I know the area you're talking about. Uh, I think I've gone there like a long time ago whenever I was working for a different company to drop off some stuff. But uh, yeah. I'm excited uh, yeah. to show off the venue. It is so gorgeous. We my whole team we were like moved to tears when we walked in. Nice. It's beautiful. I'm going to post a video of okay. that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so to give everybody an idea of where you're posting the video, this is a Sarah's Facebook page handle, so it's Sarah Dugay Music. Um, you can definitely go there and keep up with Sarah and all her travels. Yeah, and, uh, just got home from Nashville, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you literally just got home from Nashville. Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure you're going to go back soon. Yeah, I try to go every month. <coughs> I write there, and it's been pretty successful for me. The first two trips, I got two cuts, so... A cut, you know what a cut is, I guess for your audience, means as a songwriter, um, another artist has chosen to sing the song that I've written. Okay. So yeah, I've got nice. two cuts coming out in January. I mean, and not January, in June. So, um, I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome to hear. So what are your goals <laughs> in music? Like, where do you see yourself? Okay, so in, in my, I guess in my view of any artist... There's a point where you become known for your craft and your art, but or like you you get I guess spotlighted as a country music artist, for example. And then once the the fame or if there is a point where you do get famous and that kind of tapers off, there's a point where you have to evolve your career. So, and I don't think you're at that point to where you. Hit the peak, and I think you're climbing up that mountain. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, um, yeah. So I, I don't know that I'll ever have to evolve because I have so much that I want to do that it's going to take a lifetime to get it done, and I love that. Well, like music writing. I mean, that's oh yeah, that's part. just as part of it. And yeah. I, I don't know many artists. I mean, there are some, but I, I don't. I'm the only girl artist that I've met. So if you are an artist this way, please hit me up. I'd love to write with you, but. Um, I'm an artist in my own right, but I also really want cuts for other people. Like, I love to cut, write, like, crazy songs, anything. You know, I just, I'm a free spirit in that sense yeah, of, yeah. don't put me in a box. But what oh, I, I do... I hate being in a box, too. I'm a, I'm a free spirit as well. Yeah, yeah. So get creative, people. But what I, what my artistry is, uh, <coughs> I think, I really hope that people come to this show next Friday. Because it's going to show what I've been working on my whole life. I feel like this is the turning point of, okay, this isn't just me up here with the guitar anymore trying to get people's attention. This is who I am. Okay. And it's going to be a total experience. So I'm really excited for it. And that sense of, so this total experience type tour, um, 
so I have my first show in Lafayette next Friday. Then I'm going to be in Palacios, Texas for Bird Festival. We're doing, um, and everyone's going to be like this. I want them to smell coffee when they walk in. I want them to see Kim Bullen's beautiful art. It, it's gorgeous, and yeah. it really speaks to me. She's one of the, she, when I stand in front of her art, it hurts my heart. Like, I can't, it's like I can't walk away from it. It's okay. so beautiful. So I want them to receive flowers. I want them to feel at home and have fun and relax because every time I do a full set show on the road, every time, without a doubt, people come up to me and say, I just feel like I went on a retreat. So I want to provide that environment of this is funny, this is relax, this is enjoy yourself, this is not a mainstream, you don't, there's no agenda here, you know, right. like this is just authentic heart to heart. So that's why it's going to be called Sarah, a night to fill the heart. Uh, that's what people say about it. But so I want short term, I want this tour to happen. Um, my next one's in Palacios. And then I have a bunch of songwriting venue dates booked that won't be the total experience, but I plan on bringing my experience everywhere with me. So in the sense of if there's candles at my show, when I get on stage, there's going to be candles on the stage. I'm going to have these flowers with me when I go because I want people to walk away with that feeling and never forget it. It's not just the music. It's the environment that you were put in and what it makes you feel and the message that you go home with, right. you know, what, what fills your heart up with. And whenever people come to see me, I want them to be at home. Well, that's good. I so, mean, yeah. and you, you, in some of your Facebook posts, um, you, you, you write your music or you sing your music in the perspective of a mom. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, yeah, that's what I am. Yeah, yeah. You said you you sing to people, or you sing your music as if you were singing, as if you were their mom, trying to put in a word. And I just think that's interesting that you you uh, position it in that that format. You just, uh, I'm kind of tearing up a little bit because you just really hit me. That yes, that's beautiful that you caught that, and I'm so pumped that you can see that because that is like. What I hate the most in the world is for anyone to go through any type of heartache that I've gone through. Yeah. Why? I've already learned from it. Here's your golden ticket of how to get away from that. So whenever I write a song, that's what I'm doing. I'm telling you how to get out of that. And so to hear, it is motherly. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. And so it's, it's beautiful. And I don't feel like, I feel like I really, I have a big hole in my heart for a mother position. And so that, um, it's beautiful to be able to, give that even though it wasn't received because I knew that that's what I wanted to be that's what the world needed for me from me I mean, that's and, my that, deal. and that could be the reason why the, those uh, folks that in England responds to the way your music is maybe it touched them in some form or fashion yeah. Thank that you. that you the way you're delivering it makes it accepted that way correct yeah. Thank you. not preachy but lovable yeah yeah yeah, yeah. thank God. you yeah yeah and that, it's funny you say that because I actually had a fan there come up to me at the show and say, you know, my mom passed away and this song got me through that. And it was like two weeks before the show. So it was just the coolest thing ever. I played a song that I wrote at the Bluebird. Um, I wrote it in, in Lafayette at Solo and I played it at the Bluebird on a Saturday night and I had a line of girls come up and tell me like, that. that's my story too. And uh, thank you for singing our song and you made me feel like I belong and you've changed my life. And that is everything to me. That makes every ounce of heartache you've ever gone through totally worth it. I'd yeah. do it again. So it's beautiful. So my, and I'm so glad you mentioned moms, because I want this tour to go on, so I don't need to give you any more details about that. But this is the Sarah to feel the heart ordeal that's going on. So, And when that ends, I would love it to end. The plan is to end it in Lafayette, start it and end it in Lafayette. And then I want a family tour. So I want to do the same thing that I'm doing now, 
but like these venues are really acoustic and really intimate, right? So it's kind of uncomfortable to bring your children, but I love to bring my kids. I bring my kids to the studio. I bring my kids everywhere because I want them to know who I am and I want them to know what the world is, right? I don't want them to be 18 and be like, figure it out. So I think it's beautiful. Oh, excuse me. And I, I'm all about people incorporating their children. So I really would like a family tour. Hopefully it happens next year. I don't know where that's going, but I mean like, Tables with Legos. Uh, kids go home with storybooks. We read a book in there. Uh, actually, my PA, Nancy Nicholson, is doing, we're working right now to do sign language. Um, she's signing my songs. The whole thing will not be signed next Friday, but we're working on it. It's a lot of prep work. Um, but she's beautiful. Uh, she does beautiful sign language to my songs. And so I want it to be, so the next thing is going to be that tour, that family tour. <coughs> and I've got so many details already ironed out about it this book right here i go to prayer and god tells me this is what you're going to do and the next day it happens wow. and that's how this happened in at the chapel i mean he even told me down to the t of where he wanted it or what kind of venue he wanted and we got a phone call the next day that said hey this chapel came available do you know about it oh, perfect you yeah he's just been sending it so i want that tour i want to make it big as an artist and i want number ones as a songwriter that i'm not singing i would love that um and then I want to be my, of course, you've already, I've already told you that my biggest uh, goal is I'm going to be CMA Vocalist of the Year. Mm-hmm. I want that. My, another huge goal of mine is to sing with Allison Krauss. Uh, she's my biggest hero. I got to meet her this past year, and it was just incredible. And it changed my life meeting her. And I hardly said a word to her, but she was, I mean, you don't understand. Like, I, I would uh, pray for this woman's soul as a child because I would say, God, if I can't <coughs> sing with her in this life, I want to sing with her in the next. Please. And uh, when I met her, she the first thing she said to me, she goes, you look so familiar. I'm like, you don't even know how much I've been praying for you. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful, but I learned so much about the way she carries herself, the way she sings. And when she sings, her mix will never capture the beauty of her voice because when she sings in person, it, it hits you. And so I have goals to be that way in the sense of not mock her, but hit a heart every time yeah. I open my voice, open my mouth that way. And then I played last... Um, Two trips ago to Nashville, I had a show. At, I got asked to sing at BMI um, in front of a, a load of cinema personnel, people who put songs in movies. Yep. And I got two songs, and I was sick, okay? But there were two other artists um, there. One of them it was really cool for me. I love Joey and Rory. Do you know who they are? Sounds familiar. They're, um, Joey unfortunately passed away a couple years ago of ovarian cancer, but her daughter was next to me. So it was really a cool moment for me. But um, So I was... Just me and me, kind of yeah. messing with the people on stage. And I only sang two songs. I walked off, and a girl walked up to me. She said, do you act? And I said, no, ma'am, but I, I will. And she <laughs> said, "She said, um, well, would you? She said, I'm doing a movie right now. Um, it's called What Would Dolly Do? Sony's producing it. And I think you're the third co-star, Ray Lynn. And I was like, I'm in. So we swapped information. She goes, no, I really want you to. You're hilarious. She's like, I want you to do this. And I had When got, did that happen? Like- um, that was in September. Nope. Yeah, it was in September, yeah, Amer- after Americana Fest. So did it, what, what so came of that? we walked out, and she called me back 30 minutes later. She said, I just called the director, and they just signed a girl. And I oh. think she was telling the truth, because the next week, the press release went out about okay. who the third part was. And she's a legitimate actress with okay. like 100-something thousand followers. So oh, wow. It's okay. But, but what it did is the night before, I was at the Grand Ole Opry backstage, and Charles Esten walked up and introduced himself <coughs> to me. And it got me thinking, and I was hearing other people were telling me some of his stories. Sorry, Charles. Um, and that... Because he was big in Nashville, you know, he's on that show, Nashville. Okay. Um, but some people don't recognize him or give him the right as a songwriter, and he really is an incredible songwriter. So it got me thinking just the night before, like, 
I really want to be in movies, but I think I need to make it as a songwriter and an artist first and then do it. So kind of like Dolly did. So I think I want that in my, and then I have just so many dreams about making, um, I want a place, and I actually really want it on Woodlawn in Lafayette. You know where Woodlawn Drive is? I think it's like so. Milton, and then it turns into Maurice, yep. and at the end of it, it's in Abbeville. But um, I really want like a hall there where I can host events like this and bring it back to Lafayette. I'm excited about that. So my dream list is so long. That, it is. I'll... Yeah, and I'm going to be a member of the Opry, so I want to move to Nashville and do that. So it's just... I don't think I'll have to evolve, and there's so much that I want to do. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're still we're still talking about your goals. That's a you have. It's good to have a lot of goals. It's good to have uh, some things in place, and um, it sounds like you got some things in yeah, place. Yeah, thank you. Well, you uh, know what? People move out of the way whenever they know where you're going. Right. I mean, <laughs> you got. They have to. If you, I mean, you can't because you can't stop a train that's set on a track. Correct. So it's kind of oh, like. Oh, I that. love that. Um, so, I, I, I didn't write this down, but do you know who James Dupre is? Yeah, I like his. Is he uh, the ring on the bar? Is that his song or is that Ashton Dupree? I don't no, know. No, I, I think it's James. I've heard of James. Yes, I love his voice. And he's got the old-timey country sound as well. So, I went to school with him. Okay. Yeah, so I just thought that was something that uh, I could like have a... Connect. Connect, oh, yeah. Oh, thank you. I went to school with him and... Uh, it's interesting to see him now. He's um, he's not as skinny as he was. <laughs> him and I were very very thin, skinny guys in high school, and like to the point to where like we were just over a hundred pounds. I'm sure I was 115 pounds when I graduated high school. Me too. Well, <laughs> not anymore. Uh, but um, I also worked at Winn Dixie. In Villeplatte with uh, James. Oh, cool. I was a bucky pusher and cashier, <laughs> and he was a, a stalker. And that's, I think his dad works for a Canadian ambulance. Um, I think the whole family at some point worked for a Canadian ambulance, and some of them still do. And uh, um, I think James may have as well. And so we were, uh, like, there were, there were times where we would be on break. And this is, I'm, I was like seven, 16 or 17 years old working at Winn Dixie. And so we'd be on break and James and I would just talk. But I never knew that James had this talent oh, yeah. that all of a sudden started coming out. Like he started making YouTube videos and he would cover songs and just like some of the songs he would cover were really good. Like my favorite one that he ever covered was um, New Orleans Lady mm-hmm. by Louisiana's LaRue or LaRue. Uh, so and he sang that and I was like, man, this sounds so good and he has such a, a clean like voice and it, it sounded like 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 a country music singer and mm-hmm. I'm like okay so every time he'd make a video I'd listen to it and his videos got a lot of views a, a decent amount for you know being a small town kid and not long after that <coughs> excuse me he he got on Ellen did you know he was I on Ellen? I did not know that that's incredible yeah Ellen uh, was either tipped off or because Ellen's from I think the New Orleans area. Okay. Did you know that? No. Yeah, she's from Louisiana. That's amazing. So uh, she's not from Louisiana now. She, but anyway. Correct. So she she somehow came across James's videos on YouTube, and flew him to Los Angeles, and basically interviewed James for a very short 
segment. Yeah. yeah. And said, okay, James, um, do you want to uh, give us a sample of some of your music? And Aww. so they had him perform on the Ellen Show. And it was, wow. Yeah. That's it was amazing. Super cool. And the, my only thing is, and this is his favorite song at the time, I thought he could have chosen a different song. Oh, right. Yeah. So It's a lot about the energy of the audience as well, I guess. Definitely. But James picked Matchbox 20, 3 a.m. Because it's acoustic and you can make it work. But I was like, man, it'd be really cool if he did, like, New Orleans Lady. Cause, oh, yeah, to represent Louisiana. Yeah, because I, that, that, I feel like his voice really carried through with that song. And he did Matchbox 23 AM. And I love Matchbox 20, but I was like, you're on Ellen. Like, I mean, you. it was your favorite song. Cool. Yeah, and it's probably a lot to do with, um, like, comfort. I mean, Yeah, yeah, he was probably solid with that song, like... Yeah. There was probably no way he would mess up that song. And they may have, might have had a say in what he got to sing. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That's how... really cool. I'm glad you told me that. I didn't yeah, yeah. So it. look up James. Like, do a little bit more searching in James Dupre. Yeah, and uh, he's he's got some really cool songs. I mean, his, his last album that I've listened to, I forget which one it is, but it's, it looks, I think it has a black cover. Um, and one of his songs in there, he talks about, I guess, relationships and his relationships in the past and how basically... You know, it kind of it's kind of worded to where he knows he messed up, but yeah. you know you kind of have to take it. Take it and go. And so uh, he's got some really good music. So I thought I'd mention that. And Ashton, well, thank you. yeah, Ashton, I, we all went to school with each other. So like, James was more of my age or close to it. Ashton was younger, um, and I think they I think they're three brothers, two or three. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, so I think that might be all of the questions that I have. Um, well, would you like me to play a song for you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, cool. yeah, play, let's play a song. Um, I think the mic is probably good to be set up that way. All right. I'll forgive you if you don't. I'll still be. Won't you tell me that you feel the same way too? You could go on all night long and on and on and on. Tell me anything you want. I'll forgive you if you don't. But if you Do you feel the home, home, home? I'm 
That was good. Oh my god. Wow. You really got into that one. <laughs> I can't help it. That's just how it goes. All right. Well, all right, Sarah. I, uh, I, I, I don't have anything else left to say <laughs> after that. Uh, that was great. Thank you so um, much. I hope that anybody listening gives you, um, gives you a, I, I guess, a, a check out on. The internet and yeah, Facebook. Yeah, thank you so much. And, um, and come to my show next week. I'm really yeah, excited to show you yeah. what I've been working on. Um, go ahead and give the uh, the details on the show again, and then uh, we'll go ahead and close it up from there. Yeah, thank you so much. I think you have the link for this as well, right? Uh, I'll put it on the uh, on the website, and I'll link it on to Facebook as well. Thank you so much. So this is going to be my kickoff tour of who Sarah is, and it's going to be held in Lafayette on 409 West St. Mary Street. It's a 7 to 9 Friday, February 8th. Uh, doors are going to be at 6.30, and you're going to want to get there at 6.30 because we'll have Kim Bullen's art featured there and uh, Rev Coffee there as well. Um, and I'm gonna, it's just going to be a beautiful acoustic show. I hope you come out. Um, it's held in a decommissioned chapel that is now owned by the Affiliated Blind of Louisiana. And I'm just really excited to show you who I am and show you a little bit of my heart. That is great. Uh, Y'all guys, check that out. Her website is sarahdugay.com. You can probably find out about a lot of stuff on her website. You can listen to samples of her music as well. Yes. And then uh, on Facebook, Sarah Dugay Music. Uh, And I'm pretty sure you have an Instagram and all that good stuff as well. Sarah Dugay. So um, with that... Sarah, thank you yeah, thank for you. coming, and I really enjoyed uh, the song. That was it sounded so good in here. Thank you. I hope I hope the mic picked it up as good as I heard it. Um, and if you like, I said, if you guys are lo- interested in listening to some more of her music, go to her website, and it'll be linked and everything on Facebook and the website. Yeah. And thanks for having me, Ben. Sure thing. Thanks for uh, serenading. <laughs> I guess. Serenading. Uh, See what you did. There. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you a songwriter? God, no, but uh, (laughs) I can play on words. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. For information on sponsoring the Tea Podcast by Developing Lafayette, go to our website at developinglafayette.com and click Advertise.